Aquarian Schultz, presented by the Good Feet Store, with locations in Fishers, Avon, and Greenwood. Live from the Firestone Garage, it's Quarian Schultz, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka, and powered by the American Dairy Association of Indiana on Fox Sports 97.5. Welcome back to the Firestone Garage at the world's greatest race course. It's Quarian Schultz. These people think it's Bob and Tom and are wondering why Laura's telling them to cheer. It's like being at a game show. (laughs) It's presented by Tito's M.A. Vodka, powered by the American Dairy Association of Indiana. Laura Steele's here. The great Donald Davidson is here. Quarry's also here and uh, hanging out for another couple of hours. Day two for us from the Firestone Garage. I I actually love the... uh, I love the practice atmosphere, Donald. This this is always my favorite day to come out. A lot of people say carb day or, you know, race day is its own entity. Let's put that in its own category, but... For me, and I I have only been going to the 500 for 14, 15 years, my favorite days to come out here to the track are the practice days. Well, it used to be when it was a full month of May, uh, you know, somebody would be first on the track when it opened, and then there wasn't much for the first two or three days. A lot of people weren't even here yet. Mm -hmm. And then it would build each day, and then you would get up to the, uh, the week of qualifications, and each day, if the weather was nice and the speeds were good and the radio reports were, were, uh, were great, uh, then, you, you know, the, the 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, the traffic would be backed up all the way down 16th Street for practice. And then the Friday, what they now call Fast Friday, uh, in the afternoon it would really build. And then you had the final, uh, the, the hot lap session from 5 to 6. That was really something. And then the next day, hopefully, the weather would hold up for qualifying. And I remember many a time when there'd be like five, six, seven, eight days of practice, and it's building and building and building. And then first qualifying day, and the, it was raining. I hated that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's always par for the course, the way right? the that it goes, yeah. So, Laura, you're doing, like, personality. You know, you do a little of everything while you're out here. Right. So let me ask Donald one more question. If Laura Steele, oh. if, if this was... Of those of us that we that none of us met, that were racing here and were gone from here before we ever arrived, in your time as the track historian Donald Davidson, in talking to people, reading everything else about the drivers, what driver from the first, let's say, 30 years of racing out here would have been the one that the Laura Steele of the 20s or 30s or teens would have most enjoyed being around because they apparently were the most colorful, charismatic, fan-favorite person? That's a great question. For the first 30 years, a lot of them were probably very, very reclusive. I mean, they, really? they, and would not have been comfortable in front of a microphone. Well, and I'll, women weren't allowed to interview them. Well, mean, that's we, true. You'd I mean, have to put that outside. Had, yeah, I wouldn't have had my but, uh, mic in my hand. That, that's an excellent question because, uh, I, again, a, a lot of the drivers came from very, very meager beginnings and did not have great social graces and everything. But I think Ralph De Palma w- would have been a delight, and Peter DeFollow, his nephew. And uh, but many of them were very very shy. Um, many of them were just X's and O's engineer types, yes, right? That yeah. were representing their car manufacturer. That was the first in the very right. early days. Yeah, they were test drivers. That many of them were employed by the automobile company, and I think there were there were a number of drivers that never planned to be a driver. They were a test driver. And it went from driving up and down the street to see the thing could get down the block without breaking down <laughs> to going into competition at, at maybe, you know, hill climbs and stuff like that. And then I think when 
a number of them came to be in first Indianapolis 500, and some of them thought, whoa, wait a minute, two and a half mile track, this is a little bit beyond me. And so there were some hired hand gunfighters that did not work for the automobile companies that were brought in. But uh, some of them were, there were some Ivy Leaguers in the early days. You know, David Bruce Brown, I'm just guessing probably was a, a good interview. But many of them were, you know, they'd been raised on farms and, and uh, they were just sort of gee whiz, all shucks types. And, uh, I could have still gotten the interview, okay? Let's just face it. <laughs> well, I would have gotten some Well, with her, yeah, yeah, she could get him there. That's right. Laura, you would have been uh, my favorite of all time, Jules Gu. Because he's, you know, this guy was not only French, but he, rumor has it, he drank champagne. I don't know how, how true that is. I can tell you um, a take on that. Now, do you think he really drank? The rumor is 1913 Indy 500 winner Jules Gu came in and his driving coach had said to him, keep it under a certain speed because it'll preserve your tires. And he said, well, then I want champagne during my pit stops. And I'm guessing that a lot of this has been embellished. Uh, yes, a little bit. I don't know that that's true. I mean, they probably did run to a... Uh, a planned um, speed for, for better tire wear and stuff. But uh, Goo apparently spoke no English or, or very little. And uh, there's all these stories about the fact that he drank six pints of champagne because he made six pit stops. The thinking is that he did drink champagne and uh, that on four of the six stops that he was handled, and I forget what the name of the... the, the uh, Anyway, it's the four-fifths of one pint, so it's a fairly small bottle, and that he would have taken a swig, shared it with the writing mechanic, whether they finished the bottle or not, and I think a couple of times it might have been like a, a you know, a swill and, and spit kind of a situation. Um, but the fact that it was a two-and-a-half-mile track, so the entire distance was bricks and mortar, and, uh, and people will laugh when I say this, but you know, maybe a couple of sips of champagne would help null the, you know, the, the, deaden the the, uh, uh, the the nerves a little bit to this terrible pounding. But was he roaring drunk? No, absolutely not. And so the thinking is that on four of the six stops, um, he did take champagne. Uh, a gentleman who was one of my mentors, a, a great historian, went to Europe several times in the 40s and 50s and visited with Goo. And he said, I asked him the question, did you drink champagne in French? And uh, one time there was a, one time he denied it, uh, denied it, and then the other time he said, ah, it was the finest vintage. Uh. But nevertheless, in Victory Lane, and this isn't on Wikipedia, this isn't on a... Wikipedia, on a, as we know, Derek. Yeah, it's all-knowing except right, for Donald yeah. Davis. This isn't right, a, yeah. a recent publication. This is actually was printed in the newspaper the next day and in the motor magazines that, that came out within the week. And uh, my French is terrible, but it was something like when, when he... The, the, the victory quote was, Sans le bon vent, je ne serai pas été en état de faire la victoire, or something. Now... Pagano and Gilles de Ferrin can tell me where I screwed up <laughs> with my French. But um, anyway, without the good wine, I couldn't have uh, uh, won the race, whereupon he then had more champagne. But, what, but was he driving along, weaving around, and, go, and you know, guzzling out of a bottle? No. Love it. Still love the story. There's no did, easy he, answer, did he live right? in Indianapolis at one point, Jules He Gould? did, yes. He married a lady, um, I think in 1922. He'd been back and forth several times. He married a, a lady named Myth Ruth 
Miss Ruth Davis. And uh, they lived for, in France for a while, but apparently, mother, like in the 40s, when her mother was sick, they came back and they lived here for a while. And there's actually, uh, Gu's wife's sister has a son who's still around, so he's actually Gu's nephew living in Indianapolis, but he's an American. Wow. We are you sitting just, here, two people that know so much yeah, about this amazing. place. Back uh, let and me forth. tell you, if I, could meet, Dar- if I could meet Jules Donald. Gu's nephew. <laughs> Let's get uh-huh. find out. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, like, if I could meet Jules Gu's nephew, I would take him to, I don't know what his favorite French restaurant is, but I'd take him all day long. Well, you'd right? have to take him to Union Station, because that was your whole, your whole fascination yes. with Jules Gu began because of that photo. Correct. The photo of... Oh, yes, when, all, the, all the foreigners with... The, correct. When they the, arrived and were yes. greeted at Union Station. Harry Stutz and it was, was Harry part Stutz. of the... Yep. Because they, 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 they wanted the Europeans to come. They'd actually been inviting them since, you know, 1919, 1919, 1910, before they even had a 500. And uh, then after the 500 got going, 1913 was the first year that they actually came, but they were given the red carpet. And they stayed them. in the French... Or excuse me, the international garages, which are not this garage area, yeah. right, but a little bit further south of that. Am I it correct? was. It was uh, like you, Derek. It, he camped out here. Yeah. yeah. They, they <laughs> called it the the, uh, the foreign car garages, which were outside of Turn Two. Okay. And uh, that the but the Americans were going over there to welcome them, and I think they were a little suspicious and thought they were spying on them to see what they had. So if it was outside of Turn Two, yes. are we talking about basically where? what eventually became the Speedway Motel area? Uh, just almost, not quite up that far, okay. I don't think. But it was outside of the wall, and there was a special road where they could fire up and drive on and take laps and then come off without ever going into the pit area. On Laura, the I feel bad that you... Are, I am you so... I, but I'm, I'm with Derek on this, and probably all no. these fine people watching and, and the people listening... Fascinating. Believe you me, Derek's only entertained by half of this conversation. I right? disagree. I know Derek, and I disagree. You have I, some good factoids on this too, Jay. You do, yeah, Jay. You don't it, give yourself enough credit. I want to go back to the Chloe Chilton thing, the hologram. Uh, no, Derek oh, called her a hologram. I know. I know. I've never been called that no. when I come to visit you, well, although you, I've interviewed would you, Chloe. Let me ask you. She's She's wonderful, Exquisite. right? Exquisite. Do and you think that it's Derek was was afraid that she would be offended? And I said, I no, don't think it's offensive at all. she's super sweet. I interviewed it's her. It's a great compliment, for, yeah, right? The royal wedding was right around the time. Was it? When was it? Last. Yeah, last yeah. summer. So I did a little tea party with um, Max and Chloe, and it was so sweet. And she's darling. I mean, she's this. And he's a great guy. He's too. a yeah. great guy. Really he was at guy. Riley last night. I did a story. The drivers get off the track and they go. The charity side of the month of May is really what I love covering and they were max was there a lot of the drivers were there last night at riley hospital for children and uh simon got a great video on my twitter feed of simon taking just a little patient around really really quite fast i wanted to say (laughs) don't hurt the children at the children's hospital because these drivers really have that even when they're racing around with these kids in these little toy cars they're competitors i'm like oh my gosh don't take that turn (laughs) like that with that little girl but she's screaming and loving it so we were there uh, doing a story on that, and just the charity side of it is so amazing to to focus on. But Donald, don't ever f- apologize for bringing both of us on and having him do most of the talking because uh, you strike gold when you have a conversation with with Donald Davidson. The best. You strike gold with him, and you're you are pretty similar to that. I find that Jake is. I, I don't know if Donald knows this about Jake, and I've always yeah. said this. I have no idea your IQ. I don't know, and I'm not trying. And Derek, I love you. You know this too. I I've don't got mean high to school be. transcripts, Laura. I can show you. <laughs> but he 2. has 7. that. I don't know what it is that you're drinking in the water with the memory. My yeah. memory 
is horrible. Okay. Do you want to know what it is we're drinking? I'm not going to lie to you. Thank you for Champagne. asking. Champagne. Okay. <laughs> <Same stuff. laughs> we, made, we made six stops on the way over, the and Donald and I shared four-fifths of a pint, right? That's right. right. And then afterwards, he said it was because of the great wine that we were able to do this. That's I have exactly. so much respect for people that, that can retain that information, that have that great retention value. And I don't know what it is or how you get that, but that gift was not brought on me. The social butterfly gift was, though, and I utilized that well. <laughs> Derek, what do you... What's Derek's forte? Uh, I've, probably my ability to grow body hair, Laura, my mustache <laughs> and beard, is, uh, uh -huh. has been God's greatest gift to me. Yeah, okay. All right. Sure. We'll unveil the mustache for Fast Friday. Unveil. That's what okay. we're going to do. Lots of fun right. to be with you guys. Yeah, really. this and was I a lot of fun. Thanks. What's next? Real quick, what are you doing next to Channel? Uh, well, actually, should I tell them my Because I asked Donald about this. I am doing a story on uh, tattoos at the track. Ink. It's like but the, J the Jay Leno thing, tattoo or no tattoo. And, then I I remember that. <laughs> and on the way over here telling him this, I had to tell him what it means to have a uh, tattoo on your backside. It's something stamped, but yeah, we won't say that on the radio. Why not? What's wrong with that? Lady in the Tramp. Good Lady, movie. Well, yes. I already told we Donald go. that. Donald and I, we don't have any filters. But um, So I'm working on that, and then um, I'm you know, here for breakfast at the Brickyard Saturday morning. Uh, had Donald's daughter wanted to go to an Ozzy Osbourne concert, he was going <laughs> to get a tattoo, <laughs> right? right. Just, just to fit in and not just to get a good sore thumb. Do either of you guys have ink? No. Neither. I you know don't why? either. I still can't rule out that at some point in my life, I might be a fugitive of the law, and I don't want anything that makes me easier to find. I have oh, five to, piercings But what if you die? Point, It'll help but no, no tattoos. Dental records, Laura. Dental records. You have no well, tattoos, right? No. So, I'll, yeah, Breakfast at the Brickyard Saturday, live on Wish. Um, just some colorful stories on the red carpet. And I understand there are some great stars coming our way. I know it's, you know, to me, Who, we're here for race. No. I can't. I talked to somebody last night, and they somebody said, "Buckle up, Buttercup. Get ready." Big time. Maybe. Well, the, I mean, maybe. Kelly yeah. Clarkson singing the national. She is, and I love Kelly Clarkson, and I'm a rocker. You guys know me, but I like her. She's a good. Pick. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. She did the Final Four concert, I think. Uh, and I love the girl who sang here. It'll be the third time she's done the anthem here. Who was the gal that sang before the Grand Prix on? Uh, Saturday, she was wonderful. American she did do I, a good job. She was. She was the voice. excellent. Yeah, from the it's voice. The NBC I'm sorry. I know. I know it's kind of like. <laughs> trust me, it's like LL Cool J on everything <laughs> CBS. I know. You know who they should get? Sheila Am I right e. about That's LL? who they should who? get, right? <laughs> Sheila E. Oh my gosh, Sheila E. And the just you can't just do drama. You have to have you have to have the vocals. That was a long time ago. I don't see Oh yeah. Is she still with the glamorous life? Do we know? Okay. And there's a couple great songs. At Real Laura Steele, Wish 8, all year long. Yeah. Uh, really? all, all month long, I all should month say. Long. Yeah, and, all uh, year. That'd be nice. If and they Donald, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much Aww, for coming over thank here. Thank you. Yeah, really, really, really fascinating stuff. We're going to go ahead and take the rest of the day That's off. That's right. Do you want me to have everybody clap now? Yes, like let's do that. Yes. Let's everybody get a nice round of applause. You had a nice crowd out there, Donald and Jake. We'll come back with more next. Firestone Garage from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's Quarry Schultz. Query and Schultz, presented by the Good Feet Store, with locations in Fishers, Avon, and Greenwood. Now, back to Query and Schultz, live from the Firestone Garage at IMS, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka, and powered by the American Dairy Association of Indiana, on Fox Sports 97.5. By the way, Derek, I, I realize that we're way over, right? What, what are we doing here in terms of scheduling from here? No, forward? we're fine. Okay, yeah. because we have a special presentation, and I didn't know if we needed to do that now or delay it. A presentation? This was something, Derek, that is going to excite you more than anything I think that we've done in okay. the history of well, this show. Well, there's nothing in the notes about it, so I, Derek, you, know, you know I don't like surprises usually on the okay. show. Okay, well, this whole thing, my whole life is a surprise. <clears throat> do I need to stand up? I don't like you standing up and towering over me. Um, what do you mean? 
Well, I'm, I'm trying to sit and be comfortable, Derek, and you're standing up. You're making I me nervous. I tower over you when you sit. Okay. And I sit. What, what are you way. presenting me with? Uh, let, let's bring in. You remember, Derek, that one of the finest moments. Oh, this is going to be great. By the way, Donald, Laura, <laughs> thank you very much. Donald, how about a hand, everybody, for Laura Steele Yay. and the, the greatest treasure at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Donald Davidson. Okay, now, a couple of years ago, was it last year or two years ago, Derek, we were doing the show, and this guy starts yelling at us. And he's yelling louder and louder. And what is it that you were yelling at the time? Behold the monkey. <laughs> now, this is, uh, and your name again, sir? David. Hey, David, you're from where? Indianapolis. It's David from Indianapolis. And you had, and if I, if I remember correctly, <laughs> You were pronouncing it not monkey, but monkey, right? Monkey. Monkey? Monkey. monkey. M-U-N-K-E-E. M-U-N-K-E-E. Monkey. Now, explain for folks listening that were not <laughs> privy to this information at the time what exactly monkey is. So, we got this coconut monkey head from a cocktail, of course, and we started using We being who? You and some This buddies. guy behind me. Yeah. Who is the inventor of the monkey, by the way? <laughs> so we took the monkey. We were at the race in Milwaukee, and we made it. We put all the picks in it. We drew the picks from it, and the winner, we gave him the monkey. So then we thought, this is brilliant. So we were going to make our own monkey for the 500, equivalent to the greatest sports trophies, the Stanley Cup, British Open, you know. Borg Warner. Borg Warner, Warner yep. of course. And we started doing it here. And now we've grown it. It's been nine, ten years, Pete. And how many people are in the drawing for Moonkey? Uh, we usually have people with multiple picks, but we have usually 20 minimum. Okay, so then $10 all 20 people. Pick, $10 first out, winner takes it all. Okay. And then not only does the winner win the cash prize, there's a, a responsibility, right? Right, they get the monkey. And you're supposed to take monkey with you. Get some pictures, you know, take him out, take him places. He's been places, been Puerto Rico, uh, Chicago. He's in Chicago right now. Wherever the winner lives, they take him places. He's been to Ireland. He comes with a, uh, but I mean, it's a travel. Didn't we yeah, see it there? Yeah. yeah. So it started in the case that we're going to present to you. And then some guy said, Monkey wants to be hanging out with everybody. So he made the cage, which is what we had last year. <laughs> and we started putting stuff in the monkey. When you win, you got to put something in there, like whatever it is. Be, be, yes, because this is radio. Toys. Jake, because this is radio, we have to explain what he means here by the cage okay. is there is a wooden coconut monkey thing, yeah. and it's in a cage. Right. And it has so a, I, I just want to make sure board, that our, yeah. our listeners know. And you take them in and out. We got the white gloves, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. White gloves <laughs> to handle them. And then, you know, you put stuff in them, like the dude that won last year. He put a, uh, a willpower sticker in the cage. So you can do whatever you want. Uh, I remember I put a bottle of... Now, when you put something in, does it stay in permanently, or do you get it out once you surrender no, it? It all stays in there, and it grows each year. So... And now, where does... Like, like for example, have you ever won Monkey? I have not. Pete, the originator, has won. Okay, and then where did he display it for the year? Oh, he took it everywhere. But I mean, at home, like, where does it just oh, you put on it, the mantle? I think you put it on your mantle, didn't you? Well, that, that first night, I actually showered with it. <laughs> showered with monkey. He did. Okay. Well, monkey needs well, to shower up, right? Because he is kind of underage, and you know, there was a little oh, impropriety going on. That's right. Yeah, that is a little odd. Okay, now we have you have something here for us, right? This is David with Monkey. 
Derek, I hope you're uh, embrace you know, you're bracing yourself here because this is wonderful. I am super excited. About David, this. tell me what we have here. Now, what is the case itself? Well, that's a Lebowski bowling ball case. Gotcha. Okay. On you know, six thousand mile. Uh, so, anyways, because normally, like last year, when we brought the monkey, we got it back early. Well, this year we're not going to get it until race weekend, so we couldn't come by to visit. But we thought to ourselves, we had an extra monkey head, and we thought we're going to have. Query and Schultz start their own monkey pool, their own monkey tradition. So what we have oh, yeah. inside here, okay, is here we go. A new monkey this is brilliant. And that's the old monkey's travel case. So this welded sticker, and so you can sticker the inside. You know, you can put stuff in. Now, am I responsible, for example, for taking this to different IndyCar races, or it's however you want to do it? If you guys want to give it to the winner. The, the key is to get him to post pictures on social media. Like, we took him to the bar. He has a beer. We, we put headphones on him. He likes to listen to tunes. What, what kind of tunes? Uh, you know, he usually likes, like, Sinatra, the Vegas stuff. Oh, okay. Crooner Does he stuff? have a favorite radio show? Uh, probably Query and Schultz. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can tell because he has no ears. So, okay. So what we do is when we take all the stuff out, then you put your picks in. Everybody goes around, pays their money, draws their picks. The money goes in here, and at the end of the race, boom, winner. Gotcha. This comes with a great responsibility. Yes, it does. You are now a monkey owner. The monkey, th remember, he flings poo. But, <laughs> but we, we share it, correct? So it's the query yeah, no, and no, Schultz it's, monkey. Yes, okay. this is for Because your... I was going to say, Jake, before you go to Belle Isle, I'm going to shower with that. Okay, yeah. That's, so that's I just want to make sure great. that we, we got that out Absolutely. of the way. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, it's it's... For your guys' show, this we want is you amazing. guys to start your own monkey tradition. Now, what if I get, as the <laughs> as our own monkey tradition starting this year, what if I have the winner sign monkey? You can. That's how we started. Now, if you remember, on the cage, the dude painted the checkered flag on the side, and people were signing in the white. So we kind of changed it from the back to the cage. But that's how we started. We put the year in the last name or first name or however you wanted to sign it. And our goal was to fill it up like the Borg, you know. Derek, we have this, our own. This is weird. Now, wait a minute. Now, can you we do me one so more favor? David, can you do me one more favor? Uh, I want to reenact what you were doing when we first learned of this fine tradition. It, you were standing and just yelling. What? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that, that's now our responsibility, Derek. Uh. Wait a minute. There's a dude with a filter. That's amazing. <laughs> It's yeah. the best. It's amazing. All Thank right. you so much so for this for great That gift. is awesome. Start we your own tradition, the greatest trophy in motorsports, boys. The greatest trophy in motorsports. I'm going to get some white gloves tonight and make sure that yep. we do this right. We'll do it right. Thanks so All much, right. man. Appreciate it. There we go. What Derek, it's officially May. <laughs> Paul the Mailman's here. Monkey's uh, here. And Donald Davidson managed to get Laura Steele to sit for 20 minutes without talking. It's it amazing. Is, it is a festivist miracle in this place. <laughs> Driver interviews, more shenanigans from the Firestone Garage. It's Query and Schultz back with more next on Fox Sports 97.5. Okay! Query and Schultz, presented by the Good Feet Store, with locations in Fishers, Avon, and Greenwood. Now, back to Query and Schultz, live from the Firestone Garage at IMS, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka, and powered by the American Dairy Association of Indiana on Fox Sports 97.5. Not going to lie, this has been an amazing day, too, at the Firestone Garage. In the same hour, we get Donald Davidson and an appearance from Munkay.
which I just posted the video at Schultz975 of David, who was giving us some of the background on Monkey, and uh, I'm really, really excited. Or is it Moonkey? Moonkey? Monkey? I think it's Moonkey. Moonkey. Okay. But he says monkey. We're going to take really good care of that thing. Yep. I just love the fact that somebody found a wooden uh, monkey coconut head in the coke lot, and that became the trophy. It's, it, it's, it's very old oak and bucket, but Indy 500 style. Derek, it's 100% what this place is all about, right? No, you're right about that. 100%. So uh, we were talking about the NBA draft lottery before we got into the racing stuff with Donald and with Laura, and we didn't even really spend too much time talking racing with Donald. I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested, not that he has an, an unbelievable wealth of knowledge of racing and, um, you know, the stuff on Jules Goo was, was fascinating, but I, I think the Beatles stuff was really interesting. Yeah. Meeting Ed Sullivan and, you know, talking about how that, that all kind of happened right before they ended up hitting it big. Now, you would know this, Jake. What year did they come out here and have that famous Brickyard, uh, was the golf course the here Beatles? or the motel here? 64. Okay. 64. So that would have been before or after Donald arrived? Um, that would have been, good question, just before. They were here, I believe, in February of 64, and he came in May of 64. Okay. I, you know, I say February. That can't be right because they played an outdoor concert, so it would have been just after. Um, I look, Google real quick. So I know that they played, they played two shows. They played the, the fairgrounds both on the grandstand and then also uh, inside at the Coliseum, the Beatles did. They were introduced by Jerry Baker, and it was June of 64, maybe? September 3rd. September 3rd. I should know that. It's my birthday, for crying out loud. So that's a little bit weird. We had that other uh, Mickey so, on whose first Indy 500 was 64, correct. and then Donald's first was 64. Yeah, you're right. Huh. So September 3rd of 64, I should have known that. It's my birthday. How do I, I'll, I guess I'll never forget it now, right? I can't believe that dude thought you were 32, by the way. That's the best. did you see all the gray hair? I know. Wouldn't he have known right Keep away? Keep it short. People can't tell, Derek. Not even close uh, to being the case. If you're just joining us, uh, the lottery, I think, fell pretty well for the Pacers. 1-2 goes out west with Memphis getting the second pick and New Orleans getting the first pick. Did you see the video, by the way, of the New Orleans ticket office? I thought yeah, that they was pretty crazy. Because cool. they know that they're going to be able to uh, market around Zion Williamson, and who knows what's going to happen here with Anthony Davis. But... Uh, one, two there for those two teams who are kind of irrelevant to the Pacers. The third pick is the Knicks. Okay, they're in the Eastern Conference, but they're the Knicks. They're a walking trash fire, right? The Bulls and the Cavs, who share the same division, both actually fell back. Uh, the Bulls are going to pick, I believe, uh, sixth, and the Cavaliers are going to pick fifth. So I think that fell about as well as you could have possibly had it. I mean, think about it, Jake. If... if Suddenly, Cleveland gets the first pick or Chicago gets the first pick, and then one of the other two get the second pick. Um, you know, you're, you're loading up on Ja and, presumably, Ja or Barrett, I guess, and then Zion coming to the Central Division. Instead, they're out West. Who cares? Right. Let them be out West. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I saw a lot of people's Derek saying that Zion Williamson looked upset or he was crying, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know about all that. I mean, he didn't look devastated to me, right? No, I... I, I saw an interview with him. He seemed fine. No, did, did, did he maybe want to go to New York? I don't know, maybe. Uh, but come on, man. It's not like you're getting sent to Tulsa, Oklahoma or something. New Orleans is great. Might not be the best franchise, but for a city, 
Uh, I would much rather be in New Orleans than uh, several other NBA locales. So I don't, I don't think it's the worst draw in the world for him to get there. And I don't know how much it matters. Uh, we, we talk about market size. And does it really matter in the NBA? Paul George had a Gatorade and a Nike deal being in Indianapolis. You know, you think Giannis isn't marketable because he's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? No, it's a Stars League. If Zion blows up, it's not going to matter if he plays for the Pelicans or the Kings or the Knicks or the Bulls or the Lakers. Who cares? He's going to be a big star no matter what. Because the, the league does a great job of marketing their stars. It's not like baseball. Baseball, you get sent to the San Diego Padres, and suddenly you never hear from that person again. Like, do you have any idea what, I don't know, like Manny Machado is doing this year? Have you paid attention at all? No. Who cares? You don't, you don't watch a single game. Oh, sorry. This, this fellow's got a Padres hat. Now yeah. I feel bad. Wow, what are the odds of that? <laughs> How right? random that is. <laughs> sorry, sir. I was just using them as an example. But in baseball, th that's what you get. 500? Okay, though. That's good to hear. I'm glad that they're not losing anymore like they have been for many, many years. You've always had San Diego kind of close to your heart because yeah, of Tony Gwynn, right? because of Gwynn. Gwynn was great. But uh, point taken. I, Derek, the... So Zion goes to the Pelicans, okay? Two questions, in your opinion. Number one, Anthony Davis is not, his contract is not expired till the end of the season, correct? Uh, he has at least one year left. Yeah. It might be another year. I'm not sure. Is there any chance that Anthony Davis, by playing with Zion Williamson, gets re rejuvenated in his a la Paul George deciding to surprisingly sign with Oak City as opposed to just using it as a launch No, because I think kind of like Paul George, Jake, the relationship, yeah, he has, well, he has the player option for the second year, so it's like, it's like Paul George. It's the same exact situation that Paul George was in the summer he was traded. He had one year left on his deal and then an opt-out year after that. That's what AD has. Um, I think a lot like Paul George, Jake, the relationship is too far gone. It got to a point where the Pacers... I remember there was some speculation. Hey, why don't they just keep him? They don't, don't, don't trade him right now while his value is low. Let's take him into camp. And it, it's just too toxic. Remember he wore the that's all folks shirt yes. and the whole deal. It, it, it's over. And okay. they, they have to find a trade partner. Follow-up question to that. And I know the answer, but I want to clarify it, I guess. But for those that are curious, Zion Williamson, now that he knows presumably where he is going to be drafted, the deadline has passed for him to return to Duke, correct? Uh, they had to officially declare by May sixth uh, or something. Right. Yeah. So that that's so it's over too late. now. I mean, yeah. Ship sailed. Whoever is in is in. Whoever has not withdrawn their name is in the draft. I think it was actually earlier than that. You know, they've changed it around because remember, it used to be that you had to declare before the uh, the workouts and all of that. Now teams can work you out and you can still withdraw and come back. It didn't it used to be like that. So they, they've given these guys a little bit more of a window to make an educated decision, which I think is a good thing. But, of course, you know, college coaches don't like it because <laughs> they're afraid these guys get talked into going. Bunkay's just the best. Yeah, he, I'm he watching is, the, video he is here. the greatest. The best trophy that there is. You should smash the retweet button on that thing because um, there are some IndyCar people that, for some reason, just follow you and not me. And <laughs> Drives me absolutely uh -huh. crazy. You can get retweet. The, there we go. I all, smashed all the, the retweet button. Smash the retweet button on that. Okay. We'll re-rack the other big headlines of the day. A lot going on besides the NBA draft lottery, the Warriors spanking the Blazers. Also, the first contact of the month. And if you haven't heard, you might be surprised who the driver was to be the first to make contact. Square and Schultz continuing from the Firestone Garage at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on Fox Sports 97.5. Quarry and Schultz presented by the Good Feet Store with locations in Fishers, Avon, and Greenwood.
Live from the Firestone Garage, it's Quarian Schultz. Presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka and powered by the American Dairy Association of Indiana on Fox Sports 97.5. By the way, just want to mention this again on the air because Laura Steele's back. Uh, she had mentioned that she's looking for... Is it just Indy 500 related tattoos? Is that what it is? Okay. So Laura is looking for, and she's here with Zach Hughes. She's looking for Indy 500 related tattoos for a story. Laura is like zucchini. Every time At you think it's gone, it just keeps real coming Laura back over Steel and over. Real Laura on Twitter. Anthony's here too. The whole the whole eight crew. Tice here. was just there. And uh, just tweet her. At real Laura Steele. If you got the tattoos, you should get an Indy 500 tattoo. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Uh, by the way, looked it up because uh, a couple of people were tweeting about it, including Jack. The early withdrawal date's actually not until June 10th. Yeah, see? That is late. I thought he was already committed in. So you can, you can sign with an agent now, and that does not take away your eligibility like it used to. Sorry, right. I, I thought this, it was way... Uh, this guy wants to hear the milk song. Oh, God. Can we play the milk no. song? We'll, Sam, we'll do, do that, you have we'll do the that milk later. song? And, and we're at the Speedway. we got to okay, hear the let, milk let me, song. Let me get through People this are first. requesting the milk Let me get through okay, this first. Ahead. In my defense, they've changed this around like 100 different times, I feel like. So I had mistakenly thought that it was still in May uh, that that withdrawal date was. But no, it's not until June 10th. And then, of course, the draft is like two weeks after that, whenever it is. June 20-something. It's whatever is the third Thursday, I believe, in the month of June. That's usually the draft day. Did we? Listen to this. This is how we know we're at the Speedway. Isn't that wonderful? That is beautiful. That is great. People are dancing. Look at this. Who doesn't like that? I'll let it pass just because this is kind of your playground here. Could it also be because we are somewhat here because of the American Dairy Association? Well, we could do that too, yeah. It's weird because this, this place is probably the only place in Indianapolis where you're more recognizable than I am around town. Yeah, that's it. So I'll let you play the milk song and have this the TV time, have everything else. This is wonderful. Sam, you can go ahead and just <laughs> just drag okay. that down there. You know, we still haven't played Bite or Bowl Bleep yet. Okay. We're going to do that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. If you're just joining us, uh, headlines for today. Fernando Alonso, uh, May's first contact. Happened around 1230. Was it turn two? Uh, turn number three. Turn three. 12.34 p.m. Had some understeer problems. Correct. And ended up making contact both the front and back of the car. He was hoping to be back out today. Uh, I don't think that that has happened yet so far, but, Jake, you haven't given a, a speed update here in a while. Speed updates brought to you by Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership. Keep in mind, INHP might be able to help you out with a down payment. That's correct. INHP has been around since 1988. Their down payment assistance program you can learn how to learn, uh, earn, I should say, up to $7,500 on your next home. Just look at inhp.org. Fastest time of the day today belongs to the young man from Tennessee, Joseph Newgarden, at 228.856 miles an hour. 228.856. He represents now seven different cars that have exceeded the 228 range. Scott Dixon, 228.835. Santino Ferrucci from Connecticut, Derek. 228.561, then Elio Castroneves, Spencer Piggott, Sebastian Bourdais, and now Zach Veach, all in the top seven. Charlie Kimball is the eighth fastest, Ed Jones, and Ed Carpenter rounding out the top ten today so far. And speeds will really jump up. Well, I don't know about speeds, but activity certainly will between five and six o'clock. That's happy hour. That and is hopefully correct. we'll have some drivers after that coming up here in the six o'clock hour. 
Next, the best segment that we do from the best place on earth, Bider Boldly from IMS, when we return to the Firestone Garage. Quarian Schultz, Fox Sports 97.5.